Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and journey racing, it seems. This is part three of Journey Racing M Primal Quest um, with uh, Julian Tanzmeyer. Um, it, we went in kind of an interesting direction, not only talking about the race, but, uh, oh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, interesting, uh, he has an interesting history, let's just put it that way, so um, as you might be able to hear, I am feeling better finally this week, kind of turned the edge and felt halfway human, was able to actually work, get a little walking in. I'm not saying hiking yet, but um, I have hopes maybe in the next week or two that uh, I will actually be able to start building a little fitness without uh, feeling like I'm going to die. So not much else happening. I think just uh, everybody kind of chilling out, getting ready for Worlds maybe. So um, heck, why don't everybody go fast, take chances, and... Uh, Hope you had a good weekend, or are going to have a good weekend. So, enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hi, Randy. Yeah, how are you? Good. Let me make sure everything's running here. And it seems to be. <laughs> the miracles of technology one more time. Yep. So. Uh oh you got your dog with you? I got my dogs with me. Yep. All right. So, well, how about you? You got your dogs with you? No, I got the birds though. Okay, good. Yeah, I figured better better have them for this one, huh? Yeah, don't <laughs> let my wife down. She's a big fan yeah, of your birds. That's exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. So. Ah, uh, uh, where are we at? Oh, how are you? I'm I'm great. I'm excited to be talking to you tonight. I've wanted to start by thanking you, Randy. I was thinking about this call uh, on my drive home from work, and, you know, it's it's so cool running into you in the middle of uh, races these last few years when you least expect it. There's Randy with his camera, and, uh, you know, the podcast and the photos you take, I, I really think you're the patron saint of adventure racing because you, you help us tell the story, and uh, you make it fun for our families to follow us at home, and I think the folks who don't race or aren't out there like you are, it, it's really hard for them to understand. So you're a really important piece, I think, in, in all of our hopes to grow the sport. All right. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for the podcast. We'll uh, <laughs> go fast, take chances, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no. Well, you know, I think I've told you the story. I used to think people really liked me because they were always so excited when they'd see me. And then I'd realize it's just that they knew they weren't lost. <laughs> yeah, and and if you're lucky, you might have a Pepsi. If you're really lucky, so if you're really lucky, <laughs> except when bo when I run into Bones in the middle of the night and I was lost, so yeah, <laughs> it's still my still my favorite part. I think is uh, is uh, being lost and running into those guys. So and talk about the blind leading the blind. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, how you feeling? You got a voice. Of course, yeah. it's been like what five weeks or something like yeah, that yeah it's, it's been a long time at this point so uh i i feel pretty good you know i've been good. getting back and i'm motivated to start training again and that's always a a good sign it, it was primal quest was just such an epic race it was so much yeah. fun 
you know, I think so many folks were doubting uh, Maria and David and Paul and their ability to pull it mm-hmm. together, but they, they ran a first-rate race. I know you've heard that yeah. from everybody who's been there. and um, excited to have the brand back. No, I think it was, to me, it was almost the perfect relaunch. Um, it, it could have sucked if there had been 40 teams, honestly, yeah. I think. Yeah. It, it just might have been overwhelming. You know, another five or six might have been nice. Um, probably from the standpoint of uh, budget-wise, I'm sure it would have been nice. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were really able to deal with, uh, with um, you know, things they had to do with with teams and getting them moved. Some of the back markers. So. Yeah. Yeah. The logistics were just great. You know, everything yep. was in place. All the vendors, the ropes folks, the rafting folks, um, just ran like clockwork from from my perspective yeah so i think there may have been a few behind the scene things one or two that i was involved with it it it, 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 well let's just call it a duck you know calm on top crazy (laughs) underneath (laughs) yeah but everything worked out so i'm 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 excited for next year yeah me too so um Here's here's a total speculation. What do you think where next year will be? Getting, um, I mean, I mean, I I literally have no clue. Here, well, let me tell you this. I've like for the last since the race have been. This is the first week that I've been like almost even really normal and functioning. So I have no clue or haven't heard anything. But so where uh, let's put it this way. Where where would you like to see it at? Uh, That's probably a yeah. Bad I um. Love you know I'm from the north. I'd love to see something more uh, in the Alpine and Alberta, British Columbia, something like that. I, I think would be really fun. I'm not real familiar with the logistics of putting on races uh, in Canada. I, I do spend yeah. a fair bit of time in BC, and uh, seems like they're a little more laissez-faire with their permitting and and regulating and use of you know crown land and stuff. So mm. I, I think that'd be fun. Or Montana. I mean, I'd love to see it in. Anywhere in the Rockies I could drive to would be cool. Yeah, driving is a plus, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. I've kind of got a, uh, you know, yeah, the Rockies is cool, but I'm kind of thinking New England would be really cool too. Maybe, you know, paddling on the coast of Maine, things like that. Yeah, that that would be fun. I mean, I, I had a chance to do Untamed uh, last year and had just have yeah. a whole new respect for Maine. The whitewater was so much fun and. <laughs> Uh, it was tough. It was great, great terrain for adventure racing. Yeah. So trouble, I think maybe the trouble there is you might, I think you end up dealing with a lot, a lot of different, uh, land managers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of funny yet. That's sort of what you got to think about. You know, it's like, how many people do I want to deal with? Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and I have a little bit of perspective in that. You know, the, the Journey Racing team name is uh, James and Chelsea Lutral. They're, they're a small production company. They originally had business partners and did did work as Big Mountain Adventure Racing and put on some great races three or four years ago. And then they've gone out on their own and have done a couple races. And, you know, they're gearing up for some adventure racing in Colorado yeah. next summer. And, um just kind of watching them i'm probably not as helpful as i should be but it, it's a lot of work to put on a race yeah it's yeah i know when 
well, even like doing like worlds, Rogaine worlds and stuff here in when Primal Quest, just being on that periphery of, of seeing, and, and we have the advantage here of Rick Emerson, who's kind of the local guy, knows everybody, mm-hmm. literally knows every, you know, who the right person to talk to, and sometimes that can be ninety percent of the battle. Yeah, yeah, getting so. somebody on your side. But um, it seems like there's kind of a good momentum. There's more in endurance mountain biking, ultra running. It seems like there's Mm -hmm. more events and land managers are getting hip to the the idea of supporting it. So yeah, that's true. So um, okay, I asked uh, I asked um, every who've I asked this (laughs) anyway. Let's talk about Primal Quest, and then we'll then we'll move on again. Cool. So, what um, what was your first thought when uh, Olaf said, uh, "Sorry, guys, can't race." Um, <laughs> I I'm kind of the eternal optimist, so yeah. uh, I was like, okay, well, well, let let's see where this goes. Um, and I called his wife, <laughs> and she uh she gave us great advice, you know, and yeah, those of folks who know Olaf you know he's, he's a former professional Nordic ski racer and you know she just Whitney said hey he takes his health really seriously but mm-hmm. if, if you want him to race here's what you can do about it and we just put him back to bed and went on our merry way got him the meds he needed and crossed our fingers and uh, it all worked out and he he is a really tough SOB man because mm-hmm. he did not complain uh, barely at all. I mean, he looked like death warmed, warmed over those first few days, but yeah, he kept chucking, chugging along. And, um, I think it was day three, you know, he just said, okay, uh, I'm ready to race. And hmm. away we went. Yeah. I mean, when I, when talking with Fletcher, it's my, I kind of wonder if, if that actually helped you in the long run. Um, by not going nutsy to start with. Yeah, I I, I think it does. I mean, is it, that it, the silver lining? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the silver lining, and you know, we we just wanted to be there, and and race. We um with a healthy Olaf, we felt like we had a chance at, like Fletcher told you of you know being in the top five and on, mm-hmm. possibly on the podium, and then our hopes were kind of dashed with Olaf being ill, but we just took it step by step and. It, it really built some great camaraderie because uh, I'd raced with Katie, um, but Olaf and Fletcher and the four of us had never raced together. So it was kind of a yeah. new dynamic, and we, we took pretty good care of each other, you know, especially in those first few days. We were, we were supporting each other, sharing the load, and just trying to put one foot in front of the other. So I, I do think it set us up physically well, but I think more importantly, it just built a really good team dynamic. And um, the, the 75% of the race, 80% of the race, we were really clicking and working well together. Yeah. That's pretty amazing for, you know, yeah, especially like a new, yeah, new, newish team put together like that. Um, what was I going to say? Can you hear my Mind. dogs wrestling in the background? Normally it's your little birds bit. that are chirping, but it's awesome. I got my big dog and my little dog in there. It's a party, Randy. <laughs> it is just just a little bit in the background, not enough to, not enough to. All right, we don't want anybody. Come to on, we don't want this TA to be professional. To be, yeah, we don't want it to be too professional. 
Yeah. If I do, if I did one of these like professionally, they'd expect it every time, and that's too much pressure. <laughs> so, um, well, you know, the thing is, with in the nine-day adventure race, pretty much every team has somebody that's sick. Mm-hmm. And for you know whatever, it just happens that you started with yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. But and come on, makes a good story too, right? Yeah, no, it 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 was, and it um, it was just a really positive experience all the way around. Yeah. You know, we we had our little tantrums and blow ups, and mm-hmm. but that's gonna happen. You know, we spend that much time with that many people driving hard. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah. But it, overall, it was fun, and you know, for me, I've I've kind of fallen into a team captain role. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times the last couple of years, but it, it was really fun to be declared the team captain and to go at it and, and act like that the whole race. And it, um, I, I'm really proud of of all of us, but uh, I'm proud of the way I, I performed in that role too. I had a lot of fun with it. And I didn't have to navigate almost the entire race, just a little bit, I think, on, on night two or three. Yeah. So that's pretty cool just to say, all right, I don't care how we get there, just get us there. <laughs> Do you, I mean, do you, do you like navigating? Would you prefer it or was that just, yeah, I, I I like to look at the map now and again and like just have a basic idea. Okay. We're going down, we're going up and then we're going to do this. But, Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm, you know, I, I race solo and I do shorter races and I I can navigate. Um, and that, uh, that second night, uh, Olaf and Fletcher are both pretty talented navigators, but they neither of them were feeling good. And I navigated for, I don't know, through a good portion of the night there when everybody else wasn't feeling so good. Um, where was it, that, that big viaduct thing that we came down? Uh, oh, the, yep, the, pen, yeah, the penstock thing. The penstock thing, yeah. Yep. That heinous. To, so the, maybe three hours before that and then down there, um, I was navigating. That was the only navigating I did. It was okay, but I don't. I'd, I'd rather just kind of be the team cheerleader and the strategy decision maker. That yeah. that's a better role for me. Well, I'm going to say you must have done a good job because Bones and Godzone both missed that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I I found it and it was kind of one of those. Oh crap! This is what we got to do. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's do it. So. Well, it seems to me. I think. As bad as it was, it was by far the easiest way down. Yeah, for sure. And once you got trucking on it, it was just the first. There was a couple hundred meters of descent before it really started. You got right next to the penstock, mm-hmm. and it was kind of nasty, thick brush, and it was steep oh. and loose, and that part sucked. But once you got yeah. once you got to the penstock, there was um, there was some smaller pipe below it, and you could kind of hook your arm around it and. Um, we call it like a Sherpa belay. I, I come from a climbing background, and uh, mm-hmm. when you're climbing in the big mountains and the great ranges, a lot of times there'll be fixed lines, and you won't repel them. You'll just wrap an arm around them and descend that okay. way. So it was almost yeah, just like a little friction. Yeah, just get a little yeah. friction to slow yourself down. Huh. Put on your gloves so. and just kind of grab onto it. Yeah. So, um, so you did that middle of the night. Yeah, that was the middle of the night, and then um, came down onto that road, uh, ran down there to kind of where you had to scramble up to Calveras Dome, and we ran into Kyle Peter. That was kind of cool to see him. Mm-hmm. He gave us kind of the rah, 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 go catch those yeah. guys, because uh, we were in third at that point, and we're trying to hang on to it, and um, mm-hmm. 
uh, and then up to that Calveras Dome ascent, which was just spectacular. It uh, yeah. was awesome. It was hard. It, it was really difficult. Um, I've done a lot of climbing. I, I was a climbing guide at one point in my life, climbed El Capitan, but that was the hardest rope ascent I've ever done in my life because really? it just never ended. <laughs> so, um, What's the secret to doing that? I mean... Uh, I think setting your 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 rig up right, you know, having mm-hmm. everything, and I think just practice. It's like yeah. anything. Um, practice. What was hard about that one was the first couple hundred feet were overhanging, and yeah. it, it's a lot harder when it's a free spinning overhang. Once yeah. you got to the first portal ledge, the angle slacked back a little bit. It was still close to vertical at times, but you can just move a lot more efficiently when you can keep your toes on the wall. Well, yeah. So, because to me that looks, well, you know, earlier in the year when Paul, I was going to do it, we're like, okay, we need to set up. And here's what we were going to do. Just set up a rig with, you know, through the tree, put a belay on the end so she could do like 150 feet at a time. Because it just, yeah. to, to me, it seems like if you really practice that and had a good technique, like walking up steps, all you know, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it, it but, definitely. And, you know, a big, um, for Katie and I, big shout out to Ken Boyer and the Seek Adventure team. We yeah. got, we have a great adventure racing community here in Colorado. And yeah. we got out with Ken and, and the Seek guys a couple times and uh, just went out by um, Red Rocks and Morrison, Colorado, and just practiced it as, uh, ascending and then rigging our rappels and coming down and stuff. So that, Definitely yeah. helped getting the, the Jumar lengths right and figuring out which style you wanted to use, you know, froggy style or two feet. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was uh, up there for Bones and watching um, Jason struggle. It, it's like, did you set up your rig? Be- <laughs> did you pr- ever practice on this before this? Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bet you it was a half hour before he actually really got moving yeah. With any efficiency. And I mean, you know, and you think, well, it's like, what, three hours out of a nine day race, but man, you could, you could expend a ton of a energy. A ton of energy. Think. And we, we started right as the sun was rising. And I'm really glad that mm. I think it was maybe three, three and a half hours that we were on the wall. And I'm so glad we got up there before it got hot, too, because, yeah. you know, it was, it was just a long time without water. It was scorching up there. There was no water. And from the top, it was still, the night it was still God, at least two or three hours until the next water source. So yeah, uh, I'm sure that really beat people up too. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, do you think? Okay, like we're saying, like okay, so that's like three hours of physical effort. But if that's kind of freaky, if you're not a really a, a, an ascending person, a climbing person. How much energy do you think that takes out of you mentally? I mean, probably more than the physical. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a big factor. Um, I, once you got going, though, I, I think for most people, even if you weren't a, comfortable with heights, you just put your head down and you just kept yeah. going. And once you got to the first portal edge, once you cleared that first 400 feet, it got a lot better, at least yeah, for me. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was beautiful so, too up there. So, yeah, I can. I would think you probably hit it at the perfect time, sunrise. That would have been 
pretty spectacular. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's the one thing, like, from my perspective of shooting a race, it's like, okay, you know, I got there, shot Bones doing it, and it's like, you know what? It would be really fun to, you know, spend a day here and hang out and wait for a couple more teams, but it's then, then I've got pictures of eight more people's ass going up the road. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then by the yeah, same just... token, like, when, when you guys were there at sunrise, like, eh, that'd been pretty cool too, but... Well, you, know, you just it, it it's not like racing but you do make choices mm-hmm. sometimes like after the race well let's when we get there we'll talk a little bit about hellhole because from my perspective but um i should probably ask you about the raft about the kayaking but it was pretty much of a non-problem for you guys right yeah and um you know i uh so you've got a lot. I mean, you've got a lot of experience. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a paddler. So yeah, you know, you, you talk to people about are are you an endurance athlete or are you a wilderness guy? I'm a wilderness guy. Uh, mm. I I grew up in Alaska, you know, sailing and sea kayaking and whitewater canoeing and rafting and doing just really cool big wilderness trips with my dad when I was a kid, mm. and um, you know, more than anything, I'm just somebody you can dump in the middle of the wilderness and. I won't die. (laughs) And along the way, I've become a decent athlete, but I'm more of like a hard skills guy than I am the best, biggest motor. So Mm -hmm. um, that's why one of of the gals that I race with, her husband, I think, told me a couple years ago, they're like, I I like it when my wife's racing with you because pretty sure she's not going to die and she'll come back. (laughs) So that's my main skill set. but. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been a whitewater kayaker for 20 years, and I, I don't paddle as hard as I used to, uh, mainly because I have a lot of respect for it. But at one point, yeah. I was a pretty competent Class Five whitewater kayaker in mm-hmm. college. I was a whitewater rafting guide. It was my summer job, greatest summer job ever. So every everybody, if you're 18 or under, make sure if you get a chance, be a, a rafting guide for a couple summers. It's really fun. <laughs> Sounds like. Um... On that note, we'll see if you agree with my theory that I think people with a water background, kayaking, you know, surfing, sailing, whatever, make the best adventure racers because my theory is is, is you have spent so much time making split-second decisions that, you know, decisions you make during a race are easy because you got time to think about them. yeah. I, I, I agree with that premise. I mean, there's from from an action standpoint, um, action sports standpoint, I, I don't think there's anything quite like whitewater kayak. And when you peel out of the eddy at the top of a rapid, you know, you got plan A, but when plan A doesn't work, you better come up with B, C, D, E, and F pretty mm-hmm. darn quick because yeah. everything's moving downhill and you're going with it. So Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have time to stop and think what, oh, now what should I do? Yeah, no. And and even, you know, sea kayaking can get pretty rowdy. You know, trying to land yeah. a sea kayak in Big Surf or, you know, be, being in, like, at Expedition Alaska, when water's cold like that, it, it adds yeah. a whole other element of risk. Yeah. And there's that. I mean, I, you know, to me it looks like, the people that got thrown out of the rapids, it's not even so much that they got thrown out and beat up, but 
you look at them when they get out of the water and they're just like freaked <laughs> yeah and <laughs> which it's that would be it's me <laughs> like, yeah but i think it's like ascending too you know you but you you don't really realize nothing beats you up quite like swimming whitewater even though you're only mm-hmm. in for like two or three minutes yeah. just that that fear and the adrenaline rush and every muscle in your body firing because you feel like yeah. you're going to drown and you're totally out yeah. of control it's I, I think it takes a lot more out of you and you know so we paddled the duckies and the strategy there was I went over to the duckies first and um, I I own a raft I do multi-day rafting trips with my kids and mm-hmm. stuff and we have a ducky and um, they had these high side kind of bigger tubed duckies and there were two of them and I grabbed them because I knew they'd be more stable and I wasn't yeah. so worried about how fast we were going you know it's whitewater just keep it in the current and you'll be fine I, my goal was to mainly keep Katie Olaf and uh, Fletcher in the boats. So yeah. I put Katie with me and just said, okay, follow my line. Here's what we're going to do. And we went out in the front and we had the, the guide with us and he would brief us on the lines. And they were pretty straightforward, pretty easy class three rapids. You just had to be online and know what you were yeah. doing. So Yeah. And I suppose for you, it's like like a shorthand when the guide tells you what to do. You're like got it yes me would be like huh what which which side of the river does that mean (laughs) yeah and you know uh i I was running the other day with ryan ogobeni and we were laughing that the the key to paddling duckies through whitewater and adventure racing is you just got to go out and paddle you know and i i think people just don't go and paddle enough whitewater if if you have a little bit of a background it's not it's not that bad you just got to practice it like anything yeah i mean who other than you, who's got a, you know, a couple of inflatable duckies that they're going to take out, right? Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. should have a kayak. It's so much fun, man. Well, they might have a kayak, but they're out on the lake, or, you know, it's not. I, I would, I would guess it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's not. And I mean, I don't get a kayak as much as I I'd like to. Mainly my kayaking anymore. It's kind of hilarious. I so I live in Denver. I live in the city, and. Mm. Uh, if anybody's been to Denver, there's a place called Confluence Park right in front of the big REI in downtown Denver. Mm-hmm. We had a great yep. water year this year. And mainly I would go this uh, spring and early summer. I'd take my little five-foot playboat, my Jackson All-Star, and I would just go surf in front of REI. But I would do it before work at like 6.30 in the morning. And, I'd, you know, it would be me walking by the homeless people sleeping under the bridge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd just paddle for like 45 minutes. It's a great workout. You get knocked upside down 20 times. You have to roll. and it puts your head in the right space too, because you're by yourself, and it's not like I'm gonna die if I swim, but I might lose my. It's gonna kayak. suck. I'm, I'm gonna. I yeah. might lose my kayak and my paddle, and my wife won't let me drop another thousand bucks on new gear. So, keeps yeah. me in the boat and keeps me rolling. So, well, you know what? You do what you do, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so, with, were those two days like that in the rafting almost rest days for you? Um, yeah, the, there, there was a little bit of pressure on the whitewater just cause yeah. we didn't want people to, to swim and the duckies. We did the yeah. duckies first and the yeah. duckies were great cause we got the chili bar and we slept on this beautiful grass and we got a good like six hours of sleep and the TA staff was awesome. They rubbed us down and a bunch of folks took showers. And I, I think the fact that we didn't swim through the rapids really set us up to hold that third place position for yeah. the next three days because we, we transitioned fast coming out of there 
Mm-hmm. My dogs are getting rowdy. Um, yep, having a good time. <laughs> the we 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 transitioned fast after the duckies, and we just went out really hard. We were in a good place, and we were having fun. And Olaf was alive and feeling good, and that's when we were really able to turn on the motor, I think, and get ourselves yeah. to the rafting. And then the rafting was fun because we caught up to God Zone, so we got to go rafting with God Zone. And uh, yeah. That middle fork of the American is such world-class whitewater. It, it was so much fun. Yeah, it looked it, <clears throat> the uh, 200 yards that I saw at the end at the beginning <laughs> looked like fun. It's one of those things. It's like you know, there's the same thing. It's like okay, you know, what do I do? You know, spend all day trying to get into one shot or so. Yeah, I just waited at the end and made y'all look good. <laughs> Yeah, so. it, it was a ton of fun, and there was big, big whitewater at the beginning, and then we had kind of a mellower stretch in the middle, and it was funny, God's Zone and us, we were all just crashed out in the raft, and yeah. the guide was just kind of making a few strokes here to keep the boat in the current, and we probably got an hour's sleep in the raft, which was awesome. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite little chunks of videos. Actually, you know, God's Zone, you know, going through some pretty good little little bumps and waves there and they're just and, and somebody said oh they're faking it and you look at it, it's like no we weren't faking they're, it <laughs> they're asleep you can't you can't fake the way their bodies are yeah, moving yeah. So, and uh, i can't um, speak for god zone because they've been in the dark zone for a while but we pushed really hard to make that cut off and get in the first mm -hmm. rounds of rafts and we had not slept much in a long, long time. So yeah. since Chili Bar, really, was the last time we'd slept, and it, it was a hard bike ride from, uh, yeah, out of out of the the takeout there for the raft. That that was the beginning of kind of the crux. That bike that led yeah. to uh, <clears throat> Rubicon. Yeah, I think pretty much. My sense is that, yeah, that hellhole, we'll, we'll call it, they call it a bike, we'll call it a hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was really, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, God's, or, uh, you know, Bones loses 30 hours in there and, and, uh, God's own moves. You guys, I seemed like you were one of the better, it was one of the better legs, um, relatively speaking i mean is that the way it felt yeah yeah it um i i think we made some really good decisions in there especially mm -hmm. given where we were um going up so that there was a it wasn't a ta but there was a man checkpoint and before you headed into hellhole and this was pretty mm -hmm. deep into that leg i mean we were yeah thinking 24 hours ish or more into the leg yeah. at that point and uh you know, every we were running low on supplies, just like everybody else. We knew we had a, a long ways to go, and before we got to that man checkpoint, the the six hours before that, Fletcher was hurting really bad. Um, you know, and there there was lots of towing going on, and just you know, keep yeah. keeping things moving. So at that point, we had that decision to make, and it was, do we take this crazy long paved road, where we felt like we could keep him moving? and support him and, and get him back to health, or do we try and we, we knew it would be miserable hike a bike and we had a little bit of info that about bones being in there for 24 hours yeah um and and it was evening we were going into the night so 
we kind of had a little debate. Some of us wanted to take the short route through Hellhole. Some of us wanted to take the long route. I got to be the captain, so I got to make that decision. I said, mm-hmm. you know, and I also do most of the towing on the bike too, so that probably yeah. weighed into my decision a little <laughs> bit. And I was like, all right, I can I can tell on paved roads. You know, yeah. if if somebody's really hurting, there's no way we can push them through vertical hike a bike yeah. that's cliffed out. <laughs> yeah. And it no. turned out to be, I, I think people thought we were crazy. I went back and read some of the online stuff. I, I know people were going, where the hell are they going? But it, going. it worked out really, really pretty well for us. And we we didn't move very fast. It felt pretty painfully slow, honestly. I mean, there were times we were walking our bikes on paved roads just yeah. to keep yeah. relentless forward progress. But we, um, at the end of the day, we, we got into the Rubicon trail section just as the sun was coming up. And... Um, I think Fletcher alluded to it. We we raped and pillaged the construction sites and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, campgrounds there because we were out of food. And yeah. um, we were the first people. We were joking that we were like uh, Sherman, you know, marching through uh, Georgia there. We okay. had, were launching a scorched earth campaign, so we weren't going to leave any scraps for anybody behind us. Anybody else, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that, that, that really helped. And then... It, it pushed us through that Rubicon section, which was kind of miserable. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and then, so you guys, when I, you know, when I ran into you at Watson Lake, you, <clears throat> you were all pretty hurting. <laughs> yeah, we we were pretty deep in it. It was a long track too. Yeah, it, I don't know what what was that twenty five miles or something. Yeah, and. It, it was the most beautiful, buff, runnable trail, and it, mm-hmm. it was overlooking the lake, and we started out at, at night. We slept a, a couple of hours, um, and then about maybe a third or halfway through it, we came to this convenience store before the sun was coming up. It was like a gift from God, yeah. but it, it was it was kind of sad that we were on these beautiful, runnable trails, but there was no way we were running at that point. You know, We were running yeah. some of the downhills, but... We were all having foot issues, um, and you know, we just wanted to. We knew we were growing our lead, and we wanted to hold on to third place really bad. So yeah, just keep moving. Yeah, is do you enjoy that? Cause, cause actual racing. Cause you guys, for a big chunk of that race, you guys in Seek and Tahoe were like racing. Yeah, I, I it was so much fun. I mean the. Mm-hmm. I think that's what made the race so much fun for me is I, I'm almost 40 years old. You know, I, I do lots of ultra running and stuff, and I'm, I'm never more than a mid-packer. And, yeah. You know, we've gotten to a point where, where we can actually compete, and, um, it, it, man, it makes it so much more fun. It brings out that competitive yeah. point, and yeah. it, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, once I got home from the race, I kept having these really vivid dreams that I was being chased. Because <laughs> we felt hunted for days. Yeah. I mean, the guys at at, at Tahoe and um, uh, the NorCal guys, they, they were competent and they were on it, and we knew that they wanted to catch us. And yeah. so for the week that I came home, I kept waking up in the middle of the night, like, all right, get your stuff. We got to go. Somebody's coming. They're coming. <laughs> and uh, But yeah. it, it, it really made it fun. And um, yeah. it just definitely the best adventure racing experience in my life. Oh, cool. You know, because I think sometimes I think some people really like 
the pressure can get to them. I mean, I think it, that's the way any sport is, but you know, some people don't handle the pressure of racing as well. And let's face it, in a nine-day nine day race, a lot of people aren't racing. Yeah, so yeah. It's interesting that, that you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean, it's a lot different when you're, like, fighting for 13th place or third place. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, this is something that I know Katie and Olaf and Fletcher and I, we're going to be proud of for the rest of our lives. We, mm-hmm. we put in a great effort, and um, we had a lot of adversity to come over, but yeah. we, we really pulled together, <clears throat> and like I said, most of the time we were a really good functioning team, and uh, we yeah. supported each other, and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, I think I asked Fletcher this too, but was the final paddle then a little anticlimactic? Uh, Just like sort of, all right, we got to get this done. It was, um, maybe it should have been, but it didn't turn out that way for us. It uh, was awesome. Katie brought a little uh, iPod speaker thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we carried our boats out with Bon Jovi playing and I was paddling with Katie again, and you know we were we were headed southbound. We were bucking a pretty good quartering headwind coming mm-hmm. from the the southwest, and it was like three solid three foot swell. And yeah. I mean, we're in open top kayaks, and I mean to me that's fun. And the line that I wanted to take was the direct line, and it had us a couple miles offshore. And Lake Tahoe, it's not the ocean, but it's a big lake. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at night, at night with that, it could be the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And so we were crashing through the waves and we were kind of crabbing with the bows um, to the west a little bit so that we would track more southeasterly. And I was just having fun singing to the music and paddled the first five or 10 minutes. And then I looked over and said, Katie, turn down the music. The, you know, we've got a little descent there in the other ship here in our armada. <laughs> Things weren't going as well for Olaf yeah. and, and Fletcher. They they weren't in they weren't in the same happy place we were, and yeah. we were so oblivious. It was pretty rude, you know. We were rocking yeah. out uh, instead of looking at them. So we turned out the music. What's going on? What can we do? So, um, you know, we kind of came up with a plan, and uh, we paddled as far as we could before it got dark, which was a few hours, about mm-hmm. half of the paddle, and then. Um, then we we landed. It was kind of a sporting little landing on a, a rocky beach because uh, some folks were getting cold, wanted to put on some more clothes, yeah. and just before it got dark, and and that that was a good move, I think. And then we finished out the the paddle, and we were having a good time. We were flighting off the sleep monsters a little bit, um, so that that was going. But we were we were playing little games, and I, at that point in the race, I'd lost my voice, so. Yeah, I'm the talker, so Katie would, uh, I would tell Katie what to tell Fletcher and Olaf, and she would relay the message, and we're playing our little game show quiz game, and um, <laughs> just having, you know, having a good yeah. time and hit the beach, and it's pretty awesome to run to state line and finish right there in front of the casino. That that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's. Uh, what was what was the overwhelming or overall feeling crossing the line? Um, you know, I, I look at the pictures and uh, it's just joy. I mean, I, I have the biggest mm-hmm. smile I've had on my face in a while and it was just uh, relief probably and mm-hmm. um, a, an awesome sense of accomplishment. 
So yeah. it uh, it was great, and you know, to end with a a beer and a cup of hot chocolate is uh, pretty pretty nice way to bring it all yeah. to conclusion. An interesting combination, but at that time of night, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like midnight, and it, it was pretty cold. Yeah. So, um, what was the biggest surprise of the race? Something you either thought would happen and didn't, or did happen, or? Um, well, I, I think the the length. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we looked at it and haven't done Cowboy Tough a bunch, and they're just it's hard to explain to people. There wasn't a lot of cruising on roads. Every yeah. single mile was hard fought. It was off-road, and it was just punishing. I mean, we we looked at it. We're like, four or 500 miles. We should be able to do that in four or five days based on other racing experience. There there wasn't a lot of wide-open cruising. It was um, lots and lots of hike-a-bike and uh, lots of rugged off-trail travel. And so I think the fact that it took us, whatever, seven and a half days, eight days, that that surprised us. But... Mm-hmm. Once we made peace with it, we were we were kind of in our groove. Well, it's funny because that's exactly I think maybe where I was at. Because I remember you know sitting there and looking and and you know listening to the course description and thinking they're all going to be done by like Tuesday. What you know? What what's everybody going to do for four days until the award ceremony? Yeah, that that's what I thought too. And I, I'd love to ask the race directors because I I have a sneaking suspicion that they thought we were going to go faster than, than we actually did too. Yeah, I, you may be right. I mean, that's, of course, you know, uh, Warren Bates, he said it was the hardest race he ever did. Yeah. That, uh, so. that'll be a badge of honor <laughs> for yeah. me anyway. So. But it, yeah. it, it, it was brutal. It was punishing, but like I said, it was really well done and, uh, yeah. the, the brand is back and, Let's yep. um let's get a lot more people out next year. Yeah, I I I think it will. I think you know there was just I think you know like we talked about a little bit just a lot of uh, uncertainty to start with this year. Yeah. So um, I think people see that. Yeah, it's back and it's definitely worthy of the name. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think so too. But um. I like let's uh kind of interested in your background a little bit cuz uh you're like a you're like a stud man <laughs> international man of mystery there you go yeah. nothing yeah. like a shaved scrotum <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Alaska yeah i grew up in uh, Juneau Alaska which is one of the great mountain towns on earth yeah. um Southeast Alaska, you know, just up the coast from Vancouver, and uh, it's where the mountains meet the ocean, and there's a great little ski area there, and uh, my mom and dad moved there when I was three, and so the 80s mainly in Alaska was good times. It was the boom times with the oil boom, and yeah. uh, it, it really provided a lot of opportunity. My mom and dad still, that's their primary residence up there. So, so it was just a nonstop Let's go. Let's go see how if we can uh, terrify Julian today. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it, um, I, I think a lot of it was just kind of setting expectations. I mean, in elementary school, my dad's friends and people around me—they were always doing these really cool, epic wilderness trips, and that—that that mm-hmm. was just the norm, you know. 
my dad's friend Phil was putting up new roots in the St. Elias range and uh, you know, I, I would know adults as a kid who would get married and their honeymoon would be to go to the Himalaya to go climbing or go do a three-week trip in Gates of the Arctic National uh, Wilderness on the north slope of Alaska. It was just kind of, or sail across the North Atlantic. or <laughs> It was kind of like normal that people did all this super cool wilderness stuff. And um, I had to walk to school. Mm. I think that toughened me yeah. up a little bit. And uh, yeah. You know, played team sports, but mainly I was a ski racer growing up, and I think that that really kind of got me into the yeah. mountain culture. So, um, here's something that I don't know. So, you grew up around all these people doing these crazy things. Did people did people die, and did did, did that affect you, or did you think about um, it, or you know, most of the people that I knew who died growing up. It wasn't doing wilderness stuff, honestly. It was okay. more like working. It was uh, commercial fishermen, yeah. bush pilots. Um, it's more that kind of stuff is, is what okay. I, I remember. I don't really remember a lot of, um, you know, big... A lot of climbing accidents. I, I'm just curious because yeah, it... Not really. It, yeah, with that kind of a, of a... Not really a peer group, but a, you know... Yeah, it, it was more people, people you looked, up, I looked to. up to. It was my mentors and the adults in my life as, as a yeah. kid. And it, it, um, a lot of it wasn't that they were like pushing the envelope, particularly in climbing and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was more just way out there stuff, but it's, um, there, there's a real self-supported ethos up there. And, um, uh, yeah. so, and there's like, there, there's a race. A lot of people don't know about this race and maybe I shouldn't even broadcast it to the world but it's called the alaska mountain wilderness classic have you ever heard of that yeah like they drop you off and you, you you're at a and you get to b yeah yeah and there's no yeah. rules of travel there's no putting your bike at a ta it's just yeah. whoever gets there first and the finish line's yeah. like a clipboard on a dirt road hung off a tree where you write your name yeah. and the time you got there and the there's it's it's a lot of self-reliance and i think that's mm -hmm. why i didn't know a lot of people who died there were people were pretty competent and um, yeah it was preset phones so yeah i mean you were yeah you were there and do you think do you think it's very speculative but do you think maybe your parents toned it down a little bit because they had a kid do you, and do you think um, if here, here's let me sort of explain. Um, climbers and stuff that go do stupid things and die that have families, I think are idiots. I I agree with you, Randy. <laughs> so I mean, you know, that's it. Sounds like the people you grew up around maybe just toned back just enough so they came back all the time. Not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think there's some of that, and you know, my, my mom and dad. Uh, themselves weren't huge risk takers. We definitely did some really cool wilderness trips as a family and particularly my dad's best friend Phil Moritz. Um, you know, he, he, he was like an uncle to me because we didn't have close family there so the, the people that in this town of 30,000 people, they, they were our support structure and he, he, he was really the probably the biggest influence in my life and the person that I looked up to the most and um, you know, we just did really cool two-week trips through the Northwest Territory down the Nahani River, canoe whitewater trips, and backpacking in uh, the Yukon and the north of Alaska. And it just, um, 
the the I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I no, do, I think so. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that was a that's an interesting tangent we got on. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I think in my twenties, uh, though, I scared the crap out of my parents, and um, you, for me, adventure racing is like the safe thing that I can do now. That I'm mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm going to die, or it's very unlikely yeah. that I'm going to die at. It's a much more controlled environment. There's other people around. It's climbing's my background, and I'm not in a point in my life where I can go to the Himalayas for a month and and climb. And the risks are just too big. I got two kids, and uh, I'm I'm gonna adventure race until I'm seventy. So I can't get yeah. I can't get whacked in an avalanche. Yeah. Would Would you go to the Himalayas when you're older? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's does the, the big, age uh, of the does the age of a kid make a difference to you? I I think so. I mean. It, the great joy in my life right now is sharing what I love to do with, with my six and nine year old and, um, wilderness was given to me and it was just, it was an incredible gift that my parents gave Mm -hmm. me and I'm, I'm finding a way to do that. And, um, the, the big tool for me right now is whitewater rafting. So we, we Mm -hmm. have a little 14 foot raft and we're doing some of the classic desert runs last year. We did a desolation and gray canyons on the green river, which is, it's a grand Canyon quality five day trip. And you go out there with your kids and the only other people you see is your little group. And it's really fun to do that. I'm, I'm going backpacking with my six year old daughter this weekend. And, uh, my son's got a nice little Scott mountain bike and I tow him around. And so I, I really do like sharing that, but I, I don't know. My son's got a little kayak and that kind of, it's fun, but I'm I'm definitely a nervous Nelly mother hen <laughs> when he's in that kayak. So, so yeah. So, um, do you think it's going to take for your kids like it did for you? Um, I don't. It can go two ways. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I got a younger sister, and uh, the last thing in the world she wants to do is be in the wilderness. So she'd much rather <laughs> go to the mall. So yeah, uh, you know, they're they are who they are, and. Uh, my son did tell me uh, earlier this summer, you know, I think it was after Cowboy Tough, he's like, you know, Dad, uh, I really like mountain biking and hiking and kayaking and stuff, but that adventure racing stuff, it just looks really hard. I don't, I don't really think I want to do that. <laughs> so, so, well, give him time, to. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see where he wants to go with it. So, Yeah, cool. So um, anything left in this season this year, and then what's – what do you got on the horizon for next year? Um, no, I'm I'm pretty much uh, done. You know, it was it was fun. Katie actually went to the nationals and raced mm-hmm. with uh, Jim and Jason, uh, who yeah. raced at Primal Quest with Bones. And yeah, uh, I'm not gonna make. There's an AXS 24 uh, hour in Moab. I'm not gonna make that. But uh, I think right now I'm just getting ready for the last couple winters. I've been doing ski mountaineering racing, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. fun, uphill, downhill uh, ski yeah. racing. And um, Ryan Ogabeni and I have done a couple big races together, and it's it's really hard. And uh, the guys who are good at it are, like, unbelievably good at it. But it's fun, and it gets us out in the mountains. And then I, I haven't thought about uh, next summer. i got to confer with the wife see if i can get permission to do more than one but definitely cowboy tough i've done cowboy tough every year so yeah i gotta finish all five yep keep that streak alive and then uh see what i can get permission and and cash to uh do journey racing is going to put on two races that i'm definitely gonna either volunteer or do next year 
The big one's going to be a multi-day called the, the Nomad. It's going to be in June, so everybody should put that on your calendar. It's going to be right. really, really cool. And then Katie's actually, uh, Katie Farrington, I think, is going to be the race director of another uh, 24, 30-hour-ish race that uh, the rumor is it might be in the Granby, Colorado area near Rocky Mountain National Park. So everybody cool. should come to that, too. But yeah. um, those, that's the only kind of definitive things. And then... We'll see what happens with Primal Quest. See if I can get a, a hall pass. Yeah. See if we can. Yeah. See where. <clears throat> yeah. I'm hoping maybe it'll be some sort of announcement relatively soon. So, you know, the uh, it's going to be on. You know, going to be on outside. What next Saturday? A week from Saturday, or a week from actually a week from when this posts. So. That's great. I'm I'm really excited. I think it's October seventeenth. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how. Uh, how I'm going to find somebody who has that TV channel, but uh, the trailers look beautiful. Did they use some, is any of your footage going to be in it, Randy? I don't think so. Maybe a little POV. I don't know what they took or not. I just, <clears throat> you, you see what a media, media whore I am. Every time somebody puts that up, I uh, quick put a link to all my videos. <laughs> so. Well, what about you? What do you have this fall? Um, are you, uh, I'm done. You're done. Well, I mean, quite honestly, I was so sick. I mean, this is the first week that I've been even relatively normal. Um, I had some sort of lung infection going into the race. Oh, and, okay. Uh, huh. I mean, I I mean, like, I was like critically sick for a couple of weeks, like almost no blood pressure, um, no some side effects with some of the antibiotics where I. My legs are all cramped up and I couldn't walk. Um, I'm there, sorry. There was like miserable. one week. It was pretty bad. I mean, at um, <clears throat> like like low 90s, mm. low two. Mm. Um, just it is funny if you watch if you watch the videos and you listen, you can hear me getting sicker. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hear that. Um, there were a couple of things I was going to shoot when I got home, and then, I mean that. I, I lost the whole month of September pretty much. Mm. You know, he just uh, sick. You know, like I said, this is the first week, and my fitness is at like zero. Yeah. So, but I can walk up the steps without breathing hard. So, which I couldn't do before. <laughs> yeah. <you> count <laughs> so, your wins. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's on the upswing. So, um, no, nothing. You know, I kind of thought about worlds, and we talked to him, but I really didn't think I wanted to go because I don't think you're going to be able to cover it very much. Mm -hmm. So a um, couple of things in the spring, but I can't talk about them. How's oh. that for Ooh. teaser that for? Yeah. Teasers. There. So it just, it's one of those, it, it's those things that you like, they're going to happen, but you don't, uh, you don't say anything till you see the plane ticket. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So, so stay tuned for the next podcast for yeah. more more info. More info. Although I did uh, talk with Mark, so I'm going cowboy tough. Woohoo! So, um, yeah, and just you know how it is. Just keep you just keep plugging along. Yeah. Well, so, thanks. Thanks I'm, for all you I'm, do. Thanks for showing up at these races and capturing such awesome images and. Uh, there's some great ones of me that, that you've had along the over the years that uh, I I sure like and for some for some reason and and quite honestly I'm this I'm kind of the same way I take 
pictures of me are good. I don't know why. <laughs> Even selfies are good. And there's something about like those paddling ones at Cowboy Tough are just, uh, I don't know. You take a good picture. Let's well, just put it that I, I, way. I don't understand. There's all these like attractive women adventure racers. I'm like <laughs> the chubby middle-aged adventure racer, and I'm in all. I'm like the poster boy for uh, kind of some of the cowboy tough images. It makes me laugh, but it uh, yeah, they are some, what? It's... taking some great photos. So, well, I I take great pride in that Chris Radcliffe said I did, but it's interesting because like I. You know, Mark wanted, like, said, give me 30 images from the race, you know, for, you know, whatever, you know, out of 500. And I, I got it down to 36, which I thought was pretty good. And then I looked at them and realized that every one of them was a, none of them were a, a grab shot. They mm -hmm. just turned out good. They were all like, oh, yeah, that's what I meant to do. So, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm learning. Yeah, that's why you're legendary. There you go. So, um <laughs> You know, you know the final question I have to ask you. Uh, no, I forgot. Oh. oh, it's about packing, right? About packing. Yep. <laughs> if if you start packing today for Cowboy Tough, will you still be packing the night before? Um, no, but that has changed over time. I uh, yeah. I've gotten way better in the last year. Yeah. I, I'm proud. Like I I can show up to a race pretty much ready to go with my pack packed and everything where I want it and. Usually, you know, three or four days out, I've pretty much got everything I want. Maybe a couple food items at the end, but um, yeah. I, I was kind of a shit show at the beginning. But I, I'm I'm getting it figured out. <laughs> so, well, cool. So, all right. Well, that's been fun. Yeah, that's been Randy. interesting. I look forward to seeing always, you again. Yep, yeah, I always love when don't know where these things are going to go. So, <laughs> but cool. hey, uh, go right. fast and take chances. There you go. I get enough people trained that I won't have to do it no, anymore. No, you so. got to say it too, though. We all we all oh, want okay. to hear it out of your mouth. All right, go fast, take chances, try to stay healthy, yeah. get healthy. Amen. Everybody so. listening, be healthy this winter, and we'll see you next spring and summer. All right. Thanks, Julian. See you, Randy. Appreciate it. Bye bye. All right. Bye.
Tonight, tonight, tonight. 